From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about when you or someone you love says that they have a problem with pornography, when in reality, it's an addiction. And Craig Gross, founder of Triple X Church, had this to say about it. He said, the problem with porn is, he says it creates fantasies. Let me tell you, and you need to hear it straight. It creates unrealistic fantasies that one, if you're a woman, you can't live up to. And two, as a guy, it's going to taint your view of sex. Mm. And that's what we're going to be digging into tonight. This idea that there's just a quote problem with pornography. Before we get started, you know we love opening up the One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug, and this week's hug is sponsored by Date Night Box. Tired of planning date night or just doing the same old thing? Leave date night to Date Night Box. Date Night Box is the first and only company to plan, book, box, and send custom date night boxes. Each box includes tickets or vouchers for your event, activities, dinner, along with directions, itinerary, a virtual date night concierge, and fun goodies to enhance each date night. All One Extraordinary Marriage family can receive one free planning by a date night consultant. Just go to together.datenightbox.com. And And I want to just say one thing real quick. Okay, you say first. Because you guys have been asking of where because we've been mentioning some sponsors to the show recently, you can come to the show notes at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. I put all of those links right there for you guys. If for some reason you can't find her or whatever, don't sweat. Hit us up, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com, and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can, and we can point you in the right direction. So this hug actually came as a response to episode 238, last week's show on common courtesy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we got a lot of feedback on that through social messages. Media, media as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just got some real cool feedback. And so thank you guys for um, for doing that. It's, it's really good to hear that we hit on some of the topics that aren't talked about often. Mm-hmm. And typically this, this is one of them that, you know, as a couple, I don't know if I've ever heard any other presenters, podcasters, anyone talk about, you know, common courtesy when we're just dealing with our spouse. Absolutely. And so this gal said, I first want to say how much I love the show. Been listening for a while and it makes me so glad to have this added resource to better myself as a wife. Okay. So back to the topic of the show I'm currently listening to common courtesy. This is huge to my husband and I. We began dating when I was 16 and he was 18. I grew up in a home with Southern roots, so courtesy was never an option. We said, yes, ma'am, and always please and thank you. My husband's family, not so much. Not even a bless you when I sneezed. When he started taking me around to his folks' house, I began to realize how frustrating a lack of courtesy can be. 
Thankfully, he was fully aware of this, and in our own marriage, we strive to never take advantage or be taken advantage of. This goes with our children as well. We do periodic checkups of our relationship and of how we each feel in the relationship. God bless my grand for that bit of advice before we married. Sounds like the original state of our marriage conversation. Mm -hmm. Yay, grand. We make an ardent effort to be as aware of what one is doing for the other as we can. And I completely agree that this aspect of a partnership is huge. If there are already underlying issues, this can be a breaking point. I know of some marriages where this is the case. And then she puts in parentheses, and I've recommended your show to these couples. Thank you. Yeah, we thank you so much. And thank you for the hugs. You can send those our way via email, info at One Extraordinary Marriage. If you want, you could leave a five-star review up on iTunes. We also pull from there or Stitcher Radio. You know, we pull them. You can leave us a message on Facebook. We, we're picking them up on Instagram now. Mm-hmm. So wherever you want to connect with us, that's where our hugs come in from. And we just want to say thank you to all of you who continue to uh, to share them with mm-hmm. us. Unfortunately, we just are unable to put them all on air because we do get so many. But thank you very much. We, we save those like huge collections of hugs for the uh, the milestone episodes, typically at um, at the 100 episodes. So when we get to episode 300, we will have a whole episode dedicated to hugs. Yep. But as we're shifting gears now and jumping right into today's topic, the whole premise for this came because recently... And I know you guys hear this every time we bring up a topic we haven't talked about in a while. It's usually because there have been many conversations or many instances with folks over the preceding weeks that prompt us to say, you know what, we need to talk about this again. And just a little bit of background for those of you that are brand new listeners to the One Extraordinary Marriage family, pornography is an issue that Tony and I have dealt with in our own marriage. Mm -hmm. Episode seven. Episode seven was the first episode where we talked about pornography. Um, there's an episode in the, we'll have to look up the numbers. I think it's in the 100s, late 100s, where we talk about pornography and its effects on a wife. And because of our own experience with pornography, we are pretty outspoken on this topic. Oh, I'm just trying to figure out. <laughs> All of a sudden, I've got a little extra background noise there from the website. But the the reason that we talk about pornography regularly is because people don't necessarily want to talk about this. And what happened last week was I was having a conversation with a woman and we were discussing what's going on in her marriage and there are definite challenges with sexual intimacy. And rather offhandedly, she says, well, you know, my husband's just got this, you know, he's got like a little problem with pornography. And I said, really, how long has he had this quote problem? And she said, "Mm, I don't know, probably about 30 years. And I stopped the conversation. I said, I got to tell you something. If he's been struggling with this for 30 years, this is not a problem. This is an addiction. And and that's where we're going to go today, folks. We're going to tackle this idea of pornography, that it's not a problem. It's an addiction. And we need to stop minimizing it by putting, you know, your little air quotes around the problem you know, it's just a problem, air quote, you know, I'm doing it right now. So you all can see my little fingers flapping in the wind. It's an addiction. And when you minimize it, you're also minimizing the impact that it has on your marriage. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, this is not just visual pornography. Mm -hmm. We also want to make sure that 
we open up the discussion about reading pornography. Now, this could be those books, those fantasy books where it takes you into this, you know, very... Um, erotica. Erotica. Thank you very much, Elisa. You know, even penthouse letters, you know, those were... Now, I don't know if it's still out there anymore, but those were magazines. That was a magazine that Elisa and I would read many years ago. I mean, we have not looked or touched any type of pornography, pornography, visual, or reading for, gosh. Well, for me, it's been probably almost 20 years. Yeah, and for me, it's been eight years since I finally said, I'm done with this. So we're gonna, we're, we want to touch on both of those because it's not always visual. And that also leads me into saying that it's not just a man's problem. No. Oh, no, no, no. That, because it goes both ways. You know, typically, and this is going to be somewhat of a generalization, but typically men are much more visual when it comes to their pornography. And women are much more, I can't think of the other word, but it all has to do with the written word. I can't think of what the visual and I can't think of it right now. You guys know what I'm talking about. They're, women are reading it. Men are looking at it. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, and that's not to say that there isn't crossover there, but the issue of pornography affects men and women. Right. And that show we talked about just earlier, The Impact of Pornography on Your Wife is episode 183. So if you want to go back in iTunes and download that or to Stitcher Radio, that's it. 183, The Impact of Pornography on Your Wife. Okay. So let's be real clear here. Pornography is destroying marriages left and right. Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly can't tell you how many consultation calls I've had with people who are looking for help for what's going on in their marriage and pornography is an impact or is impacting their marriages. I would say it's probably somewhere in the vicinity of 90%. And that's, I mean, that's not a hard and fast number, but I know it comes up all the time. And part of what's coming up too, and this was very interesting to me, and this is why we've got to jump into this as a problem, is that as an addiction, as an addiction is that spouses don't know the symptoms of the addiction. They don't know what it looks like. So they, they dismiss these behaviors as being little inconveniences instead of signs, warning signs that there is something much bigger going on. Mm-hmm. And I know because a, a wife that I was talking to last week, she made the comment to me. She said, you know, because she has pornography in her marriage, she goes, I didn't know that his problem, you know, or his inability to ejaculate was a result of his pornography addiction. And she was really taken aback at the fact that sexual dysfunction could be a result of pornography addiction, pornography addiction. And the reason for that is that when you are masturbating to pornography, when you are constantly being aroused by whatever your choice is, visual, written, whatever it is, it actually becomes very hard to become aroused by the real thing in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that's truth. I, I can attest to that just having dealt with it for many years of my own life. And so as we dive into, let's not look at pornography anymore as a problem when in, actual, in actuality, it is an addiction. If, if these signs, if you, if any one of these 
I'm going to say for you yourself, you hear it and you're going, that's me or you're a spouse and you hear any one of these and you go, that's my spouse. Then there is an addiction. Mm -hmm. There is. And something needs to happen because if not, it's just going to keep going on and on and on and impacting your life, your spouse's life, is your spouse's life. Gosh, having some tongue twisters here today, and your marriage. So here are some signs: you're unable to stop using porn, or the behaviors associated with porn, despite attempts to do so. Become angry, hostile, or irritable if you are asked to stop using porn. And I want to I want to jump in on this one because I have I have experienced this you know, in our own marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, Tony used to tell me, look, there's no problem here. Okay. You know, like it's all under control. We're good. Basically leave me alone. Leave me alone. Hostile. And I can't tell you how many spouses I've talked to who have that same experience when they're like, but what's going on here? You know, like just stop doing it. And there's this irritation, this anger, that comes out and that's a very strong symptom of the addiction. You keep all or part of your porn use secret from loved ones. Yeah, I mean in other words you're hiding it, you're deleting it, you're 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 stashing it whatever it may be. This is the those secret folders mm-hmm. that you have on your phone. Yep. The ones that are password protected because you don't want somebody to trip over them. You feel as though you live a double or secret life because of your porn use. You continue to view porn despite negative consequences such as broken relationships or job loss. I mean, this, this one is huge. You know, you start looking or using porn at your job. Let me tell you, most companies now, and I've heard from numerous men that I have talked to through this, have been demoted, have lost a position, mm-hmm. have been passed over for a raise or a uh, or a promotion because leadership found pornography on their computer this this puts you and your family in jeopardy you have lost track of large chunks of time because you've been absorbed in porn use and that last one i can totally relate to especially when my own porn addiction went from the visual of from magazines to internet porn to then getting into chat rooms and large chunks of time would be gone. I mean, I could look at the clock at 10 PM and before I knew it, it was 1 AM three hours gone. My wife would be sleeping in the room next door to me. So that is a big one. Or if you're waking up in the middle of the night and going to it and you're using it then, you have a pornography addiction. Now, those came from a site called Project Na- uh, projectno.com, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. But as we're digging into this, folks, I-, I want you to see that there are a collection of behaviors here. This isn't just like, you know, you stumbled in and you found the Playboy magazine in the bathroom reading material. That's a sign. Okay, that, that's definitely a sign that there's more going on. And I want to, I share this with many, many people because I remember reading this article 
gosh, a few years ago now, and it really blew me away. The fact that all of the phone technology that we have now is being driven by the pornography industry, because let's face it, do we go anywhere without our phones? And some of you just answered as you're listening to this podcast and you said no. And the reality is, is that means that the pornography goes everywhere the phones do. You know, we want our phones to be faster, clearer, you know, more dynamic. Well, that's all good for the apps that we're trying to use. But guess what? That means that all the porn coming in is faster, sharper, more dynamic. And I found this interesting article on Fox News talking about, you know, the the first part that we just talked there about the project now was just some like overall behaviors. Mm -hmm. And then this article on Fox News actually came in and dialed it in a little bit more into specific physical reactions or behaviors that you could see in your spouse. And the first one is your partner is not as social as he used to be. Or she. Or she. And, you know, think about it. If you're losing large chunks of time, possibly in the middle of the night, possibly at work, you know, doing all this kind of stuff, leading this secret life, guess what? You don't want people to know about that. You know, that's your secret life. And you want to be able to indulge that addiction as much as you can. Guess what? Other people get in the way. Mm-hmm. Social events take away time that you could be doing that. Whoever's watching the pornography, whoever has the addiction, does not want to be taking time away from that addiction. They're not going to be as social as they used to be. I touched on the second one uh, at the onset of the show. Your partner lacks interest in sex or is sexually unresponsive. And this plays out time and time again. Well, we hear it often, you know, because of just us talking about the intimacy lifestyle. And many of you have said, Hey, or come to us, you know, my wife or my husband, you know, they're the low desire spouse. And yet when we start digging deeper with folks who decide to go through coaching or email coaching or what have you, they, they divulge more information. And that information is usually there is a pornography addiction Mm -hmm. going on. And this is going to impact the individual who's viewing it or reading it. Now, just a quick caveat there. It's not always that the low desire spouse right. is engaged no. in pornography. Right. However, if pornography is present in your marriage, it is often the, you see it come out in the low desire spouse because they're having that sexual need met through the pornography. And so they're not engaging with their spouse in that relationship. Now, the flip side of that, because pornography addiction can play out in one of two ways. One, it can be very low desire. The flip side being that it can be very, very rough sex or actually high demand for sex. And I, you know, usually the way this comes out when I'm talking to somebody in coaching is they'll say something to the effect of, my husband, typically it's the husband when I'm having these conversations with wives, my husband comes in and just always seems to just like want to wake me up in the middle of the night and have sex. You know, totally, total disregard for my feelings or for romancing me or for anything like that. Just like when he wants sex, this is what he wants when he wants it. And usually I follow that up with how long has pornography been involved in your marriage? And I usually get the question, well, what do you mean? I said, well, obviously he's going from zero to 60 just like that. You think he's going from zero to 60. The reality is, is that he's been 
looking at something that's gotten him all amped up. Now, you know, some of the other ones, um, and this one, it's so hard in today's day and age with our collective, I think, societal addiction to the internet, but you'll see your, your spouse spending a lot more time attached to their phone, attached to their computer, maybe in the office or in a room where, you know, they can be, um, I want to say cordoned off, but you know, isolated from you or from the rest of the family. Because guess what? It goes back to that. I don't want to be social. I don't want people to know what I'm doing, but I need to feed this addiction at all costs. And pornography is an addiction that does escalate. When Tony and I met, I knew that he was reading Playboy. I knew that he was reading penthouse letters. I knew that because guess what? We read them together. That was part of the early period of time in our relationship. And then as we moved into our marriage, I'm like, okay, that doesn't do anything for me. But guess what? For him, it moved into the internet. And then it moved into the chat rooms. And then those of you that have been around long enough to hear some of those early shows, you know that when Tony would go travel to the East Coast or in San Diego, when he would travel to the East Coast for work, there were a couple of instances where he did push the limit to see how far he could go with women in bars. That's an escalation of an addiction. And some of you today are living that in your marriages. Some of you are listening to the show going, I don't have a problem. I have an addiction. And some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, I've been saying it's a problem all along with my husband and my wife, but I think maybe it's an addiction. And I know this is not an easy show to listen to. Mm-mm. Whenever we talk about pornography, and there's a reason those shows kind of get spaced out because these are heavy shows. These are heavy shows for us to do because it's so personal for us. But I don't want to. I don't want to get to the end of the show without giving you resources on what you can do. And we're going to share ways that you guys can work through this together because. We're happy. If if you're sitting there and you're going, this is me, praise God. Man, we're shining the light on you. And you have a choice to go, do I want to continue down this path or am I going to turn and make you know a 90-degree turn and I'm going to change? I'm going to make a change in my life. And you can because I've overcome it. I have numerous friends that I have talked to that are close friends of mine that have overcome pornography addictions. We know many folks in the one family that have done it. And I truly believe that you can as well. Here's the thing though. The path to recovery is not going to be the same for you as it was for me, as it was for some of my good friends or others that Elisa has coached and helped. So, What we want to bring up to you right now are different options you have. And for some of you, it will be one of them and you're going to be able to go, I'm done. 
I'm walking away. You can listen to my show in episode seven where how I just said, I'm done. I'm cold. I'm just going cold turkey on this, man. I'm done. You know, no more. And we hear it often from folks who have kicked alcoholism, who've kicked drug addiction. They go cold turkey, man. They detox. They go through withdrawals. They do it. Others go through 12-step programs. They need that support behind them. Others can pick up a book and go, hey, this is what I need, or a program, this is what I need. So what we're going to share with you are different ways that you can do that. The first one is a book called The Bondage Breaker. I've read part of this. A good, good friend of mine, he picked up this book when he was in the depths of his pornography addiction. He picked up this book, and I remember just talking to him. He read halfway through this book. He realized what Jesus Christ did on the cross for him, and he was done. That was it. For some of you, that may be what you need. You need to pick up the bondage breaker. If that's, you know, it's, I think, eight bucks on Kindle. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash Amazon. Put in the bondage breaker. It's eight bucks. Could change your life. Then there's, I mentioned the quote at the beginning of the show from Triple X Church founder, Craig Gross. And Triple X Church actually has, programs through their website called x3pure.com and they have programs not just for the individual they have programs for couples they have programs for parents Mm -hmm. some of you listening to the show may be hearing this going that's not actually happening in my marriage that's happening with my children Mm -hmm. x3pure and i'm actually going to give you if you go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash x3pure you can go check out their programs. They are helping. It's probably millions. Oh yeah. Now and you know, Craig, as you heard from that quote, um, the man behind all of this, he's not. You know, he's not going to mince words with you. Their programs get results. Hmm. And let's face it: if you're in the middle of an addiction, you want results. Yeah. You want freedom from that. Some of you are going to need to look at you know much more serious sexual addiction rehab and getting into a much more intensive. I mean, for some, there may even be like a residential program to break free of this addiction. And then, you know, the reason that we bring this up is because there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of personalities. There's a spectrum of, of the strength of the addiction and a a person's personality in terms of how they handle breaking free of addiction. And what do they need? Some of you are going to need to have an accountability partner. You know, uh, same sex be that, you know, if you're a guy dealing with pornography, you're talking to, you know, a male accountability partner. If you're a woman, you're talking to a woman accountability partner, somebody that, you know, most likely has been down that road and who's not going to be afraid to ask you the tough questions about what's going on on your path to recovery. Right. And there are, there are accountability groups at churches. Mm-hmm. It may not be at your church. I know for us, our church didn't have one for the longest time. And, and now I we do. And now we do. Yep. But I know in those years when we didn't, I knew guys that would go to other churches that held these accountability groups and programs that they would walk through together. And I heard, again, numerous stories from men who were able to overcome their addiction this way. And for them, it was even, it was sort of a a breath of fresh air because they weren't at their home church. Mm -hmm. 
They were they were in a different environment with different guys that they didn't see every Sunday. And for them, that was helpful. They could still come and talk to us at, you know, our men's groups or whatever, and that's cool. I'm just saying, if your church has one, seek it out. If you don't want to go to your church or they don't have one, seek one out somewhere seek one out somewhere else. When it comes to the the long rehab programs, we don't endorse any. We don't know any personally. I've I've run across some. I would say with those though, make sure you do your homework. Mm-hmm. Just like you would do anything else. Start doing your homework. But right now, pick up something like the bondage breaker or X3 Pure. And while you're doing your research, you're at least starting the path to recovery and getting yourself away from this addictive behavior Mm -hmm. that is just destroying you. And I know it. I mean, eight years ago, I never would have realized where I am today. The, The amount of joy that I have when Elise and I are making love. I didn't have that back then. I was living in a fantasy world. I was living with blonde hair, blue-eyed girls, and my wife is this beautiful brunette, brown-eyed woman. And I missed out on a lot of years because I was living in this fantasy land when God gave me the most precious woman he could have ever given me. And he he just blessed me and our marriage by allowing me to see that this addiction was destroying not only me and my soul and my heart, but it's really destroying who Elisa was as well. It's not easy. It's not easy to break free of addiction. But we're a couple on the air today to tell you that it can be done. Mm-hmm. And that there is life. There's marriage after pornography addiction. Yeah. So it's time guys and gals. It's time. It's not a problem. If anything that we talked about today and you can start checking those off, it's not a problem. It's not, it's an addiction. Let's call it what it is. And then go out there and find how you can overcome it. Because I believe you can. And Elisa does as well. All of our paths are different. All of our journeys are different, but there's somebody, there's something, there's a way for you to overcome. And if you're willing to make that 180 degree turn and go, I'm done with this. And I want to reclaim my life back in my marriage. So go out there, kick your pornography addiction and always know no matter where you are, no matter what's happening in your life, you have two people here behind these microphones who love you. We love you dearly. And that isn't going to change. All right? And you have a Heavenly Father, too, who loves you more than ever. So go out there. Kick your habit. Get pornography out of your life. We love you guys.